let's take time to introduce ourselves. So I am Kelly representing China and we have Dunyang and Yidam who is going to represent South Korea. Hello. Hi. Sana representing Poland. Hi. And lastly, Akshara representing India. For this episode, we are going to talk about how education looks like in different countries, specifically focusing on the significance of universities. I think this topic is very relatable because university is our next destination, and it's also what we are most interested in at the moment. Yes, totally. Since we have less than two years left of school, after we graduate, going to university will ideally be our next phase in our life. This topic very much reminds me of a K-drama called Sky Castle, which was about high schoolers fighting and doing whatever they could to go to medicine school in SNU, which is known to be like the best university in South Korea. The students slash the actors literally had a personal consultant who was responsible for managing their grades to get into that medicine school. It was quite funny, but at the same time tragic, and I would say that this drama was an accurate portrayal of South Korea's severe education competition. I watched that drama a few years ago, and I remember it was extremely popular, not only because the actors were very good at acting, but also ordinary students could relate to some extent. As a side note, if you guys want to have a go at watching this drama, check it out on Netflix. Moving on with the discussion, what are the main education systems in your countries? Let's start with the India. For India, the compulsory years of education are eight. The Indian constitution requires all children from ages 6 to 14 to receive free and compulsory education as a fundamental right. More students generally opt for public schools and private schools because it's more affordable because of the law. And the ratio of students going to public schools versus private schools is seven to five. And India has over 500,000 government schools. Seat reservations are also common for disadvantaged groups such as scheduled castes and scheduled tribes and other backward classes, with the highest rate being in Maharashtra at 73% and some up to 50% in university and colleges. This is a result of the Indian caste system that has been abolished by law but unfortunately still continues. The optional levels of education are pre-primary and usually opted by working parents and they're from ages 2 to 5. Primary years of education are compulsory, as stated before, from ages 6 to 14. And secondary education has over 88.5 million people from ages 14 to 18. Um, in Poland, it's also eight years of compulsory education. And um, you start with an optional grade zero, which the parents decide if they want to send their children to that. So, which means you can start school at either six or seven years old, and you start um, elementary school, which used to be grade 1 to 6, but now they changed it to 1 to 8, which is um, the same as it was in the 80s, which is really funny. And then, um, because of that change, we no longer have middle school, so you go straight into high school. And for, us, for high school, you have five options, either like the typical four-year high school that prepares you for college, or more specific, um, it's called technicum, which is five years and it prepares you for like a specific profession which is like informat informatics or um, graphic design or something like that but then there's also a five-year zavodówka that's what it's called and it prepares you for jobs like um, hairdresser or mechanic and after that you cannot go to college that sounds very productive <laughs> <laughs> um, and also 
A fun fact, in 2014, the Polish education system was ranked the 10th best in the world and 5th best in Europe. Wow. <laughs> um, in South Korea, students have to go through 12 years of mandatory schooling. So, six years in elementary school, three years in middle school, and lastly, three years in high school. Actually, until 2019, it was nine years of mandatory schooling instead of 12. Um, so, it wasn't necessary for students to enroll in high school, but starting from 2021, high school is a necessity. Yeah, the increase in the amount of mandatory schooling means that high school is now considered to be free education. Before the change, students had to pay a certain amount of money as a fee for entering high school, but now they don't need to do that. It's all provided by the government. Nice. In China, the education system is divided into three categories. So there's basic education, higher education, and adult education. So by law, each child must have nine years of compulsory education from primary school, which is six years, to junior secondary education, which is three years. And the junior middle school graduates wishing to continue their education take a locally administrated entrance exam on the basis of which they will have the option of number one, continuing in an academic senior middle school, or number two, entering a vocational middle school or leave school at this point to receive two to four years of training. Well, all of the countries we have just mentioned have eight to 12 years of compulsory schooling, which well emphasizes the importance of education. I'm interested in how school life looks in your countries. Um, I am aware that we are now in international school, but how was it like going to school in your home country? Or how does it daily routine of a student look like? Um, so one interesting thing about Korea's public schools is that they provide free lunches for students. So we have nutritionists and cooks in every school. So for me, when I was in um, a Korean middle school, the lunch menu was always like the hot topic of the day. Every start of a new month, the school handed out notices of that month's lunch menus to every student. And my friends would get a highlighter and highlight the dishes they liked, which was mostly desserts or dishes containing meat. What's more, when students decide which middle school or high school they want to go to, they also consider how good the lunches are, even though this factor is not that emphasized. That's really interesting because at our old school, um, we had a similar system where the school provided the lunch, uh, but a lot of students opted to get their own lunches. And uh, at my old school, the school would start early at around seven and had eight consecutive lectures with short but really fun breaks. I think um, I had the most amount of fun in these breaks and also the bus rides to and from school. Also, due to high population and high school uh, and high demand for schools, it is common for schools to have an afternoon shift, at least in primary and middle schools. That's- I said eight consecutive classes, but I meant 12. Wait, if you have 12 classes a day with 40 minutes for each class, then when do you eat lunch? So, like, we had three classes at the beginning, uh, a, a small 15-minute break, four classes, and then another 45-minute break. And then do you eat lunch after that? No, we eat lunch in the 45 minutes. Oh. <laughs> they reduced the uh, lunch to 35 minutes later because um, we had more classes. Oh. But um, it was still a lot of fun. We didn't, ha- we didn't go to a different class after every, blo- every block. Instead, we had one class and the teacher would come in 
and I think that really like increased like you know a student kind of bond because yeah. we got like together like as a class we got rid of um four teachers who weren't very good <laughs> by really troubling her creating a lot of noise and like the principal had to come in again again <laughs> and um eventually came to a point where she was annoyed by the teacher because she couldn't handle the class <laughs> and that happened four times wow. <laughs> um so about that also in polish schools you have the where the teachers comes to the class in the class days but just for the first four years i think mm-hmm. yeah um so well i've never been to a polish school so all the information is from a couple of friends that go to polish schools um so the typical day is usually very different from like every day is different because you start school at different times and then you end school at different times and the lessons are normal i think like um 45 minutes and then you can have single or double blocks um but the breaks are pretty interesting because if you go to school in a city or your school is in like the center you can leave during breaks or during lunch to like get coffee or eat lunch outside in like a restaurant that's and so cool yeah, i love right? it i yeah. love that idea because it like really um you have so much phase yeah it's like mm-hmm. university right yeah mm-hmm. and then also after school many people like they just friend groups go to a cafe or to mm-hmm. a public library to study together together or yeah or do projects or everything and then they return back to their schools after no, like, no they, don't. <laughs> they go like after school they go home oh. after that. Yeah. <laughs> um for korean student it's quite boring compared to polish students but um korean student they go to school in the morning and spend time at school until around 4 p.m and after school students go to their academy or study room where there's just a bunch of tables for studying and then they usually spend time at those places around like 11 p.m. since that's the time the government has limited for academics to prevent overstudying but they also have to go back to home and then study for um, homework of the academy or school for the next day until like around 1 or 2 a.m. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's really strict. So, <laughs> it is. Is the academy just a place where you stay and you can study by yourself or is, do they actually teach you there? It's like they, a study hall, right? No. Oh. They have a bunch of teachers and then they teach students really yeah and like basically there are like all types of academies there's like ballet academies piano Whoa. academies mm-hmm. math english korean academies um and if you go like for example let's say you enroll in like a math academy there's like a limited time you have to go there and then um listen to like the teacher's lecture and then have that homework and yeah it's just very packed I actually really like that mindset, you know, like, do whatever you want to do in life, but, like, do it seriously, so you're spending a lot of time and effort to get good at it, because, I mean, I just think that you're more likely to get successful if you're putting time in something, it doesn't have to be academics, mm. and it could be because my parents always say this. <laughs> what about breaks? Do you have free time in, like, the school week? Yeah, we have, like, break between classes at school. I mean, like, after school, like, do you have oh. time for yourself? I mean, um, you go to academy and then spend time in there, and then when it ends, that's the break. Yeah. Like, you move to the next academy, and that time is the break. Yeah. Wow. And, or, like, the time where you walk to your academy, or, like, take Whoa. a bus to the academy. <laughs> like, for for example, like, my friend had, like, 10 academies when she was in middle school, grade 2. Wow. Yeah. 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 
and that's like reality i mean like that's kind of um not a typical thing we also do but then it also happens yeah great too you're like seven years old no middle school <laughs> oh. <laughs> but still okay <laughs> Um, much like Adam said, uh, in China, most schools start from early morning to about 6 p.m. in the evening, and many schools have evening self-study classes, so this is when I was talking about, like, the study hall. Basically, after school school, you go to a study hall where you study even more, um, and then they prepare for endless tests. And on average, a primary school pupils um, spend about seven to eight hours at school, while um, secondary school students spend about 12 to 14 hours at school, which is a lot. Yeah. Mm, 12 to 14. Exactly. <laughs> what? So what time does school start? Seven. 7. 7.37. So- and ends at about 6 p.m. And then oh. after that, 7 to about... 10 or 11 you have the self-study thing yeah we have the similar thing in korea because like you can choose either to stay at school to study until like 10 yeah 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 (laughs) exactly uh i mean there's a kind of a similar you know situation in india but the dispersal time is set once students are gone they're gone and you cannot stay back because then the school would be liable for anything that happens to students but students usually go to like tuitions and these are usually like um people who stay at home or like professionals um who like take up take classes just to help students get better and you know study any subject they're confused about yeah tu- we have that too in Poland and it's tutors right something like that yeah. yeah I'm also really interested in college exams around the world so let's start with South Korea so the Korean SAT is called Sunan and it takes place every year um and in the third week of November this year, it is going to be on November 18th. Um, since this is the final test the students are going to take after 12 years of long journey, students tend to try to perform their ultimate best in this exam. And near the day of Sunin, the South Korea society in general have their focus on this exam. Before taking Sunin, um, students in other grades and parents give Korean candy that is similar to nougat, which is sticky candy, in hope to make students stick to the right answers and university like the sticky candy. Mm. And also, um, they have to avoid eating one of the Korean traditional food, which is called seaweed soup, since it's really slippery and might make the students sleep away from the answer and university. <laughs> um, it's really also interesting because the students need to take ID card to take the test, but sometimes when the students forget to take it from home, the police car involves in the situation and they take the students to their house to bring their ID card. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember my brother who took the Sunung a few years ago. Uh, he received like a lot of sticky candy from his teachers and friends. And there are a lot of interesting cultures related to how Koreans deal with this exam. For example, the first subject in the Sunung exam is the English listening test. So not only the speakers in the exam room should be working well, but also there should be absolute no noise coming from outside the exam rooms, right? So during the time of the listening test, 
airplanes don't land in the airports because of the potential noise it could make. If airplanes like create a noise during that exam, then there would be some students taking the test near an airport, right? So they would eventually get disadvantaged. So approximately for an hour or so of the entire listening test, the airplanes just stay in the air without actually landing at the airport. Also, there are a lot of financial benefits for the students who take the sunung with an aim to like comfort them and say, good job, you did your best, it's time for you to rest. For instance, you can get like a 50% discount in particular hair salons, movie theaters, or restaurants. And especially, students want to change their phone to the latest and newest one after taking sunung, so they would also receive discounts when purchasing a new phone. Um, in Poland, the final exam is called Matura, and it's taken only if you go to either the Technikum or the normal high school. And um, it's only required that you take Polish, English, and math. Those are the compulsory, and you take them at standard level. But then um, you can write from as many other subjects as you want, but they all have to be higher level. Um, and then most of them are only written, but then you also have spoken for the languages and spoken exams. Um, as for the difficulty, people say they're not that difficult. They, uh, they are hard, but it, it's possible to get a good grade. Um, but the, harder, the hard thing in school is mostly grading in high school. That's what the difficult part mm. of school is. Mm. Um, because getting a, it's a grading system from one to six. And getting a six is impossible in a test. You can get max of five. So to get a six, like to get the best grade, you have to do things outside of tests. So you have to be like perfect in every aspect of the class. Mm -hmm. And also, um, wait, so if you get a six in that exam, you're like considered to be a genius or something? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But also, in normal tests, if you get three or more grammatical errors, you automatically get like a two, and that's failing. Whoa. So, yeah, they're very like specific about spelling in Poland. That's really mm. yeah. Wait, about like getting five and not able to get six unless you do something outside of school? Outside so, of the tests. So like, I have to do well in PE and like that? <laughs> or like, is it like more that you need to learn more than the subject they're teaching? No, yeah. you have to be, you have to be good, like participate. You have to oh. always answer correctly. You have to be like the top students. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but like an interesting thing about the classes is that there's a lot of like, um, n like not equality between the students. So a teacher can choose their least favorite student and then <laughs> purposefully make them fail. What? And no, one can, no one can stop that. Really? So bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even the law doesn't like prohibit them. Because, like, what? No. <laughs> um, Just have a good relation with the teacher. <laughs> yeah, right? So, my friend recently, she had a test and she did perfect. And the teacher just decided not to put her grade in because he has like a problem with her, I guess. Oh, oh so my bad. God. That happens, that happens so often. Mm. But yeah, and well, the graduation rates are about 85 usually, but last year they were 74 because of the COVID and everything. <laughs> in India, school diplomas are awarded in 10th and 12th grades, and um, these are called the boards, and these are the main exams most students take. And it's set by school boards like 
NCERT, CBSE and ICSE. And they also said the curriculum. Uh, I was in a CBSE school up to grade one and then I joined an ICSE school up to grade eight. And um, I think CBSE and ICSE ones are really common. Most of my friends that I talked to went to either of these. There is a very tiny difference between them that CBSE uh, goes, you know, follows the portion and the exact timetable that the board sets, but ICSE kind of shifts everything uh, six months before. So if you're in 10th grade, you would have six months of revision time entirely. So you can give prelims and stuff like that. Prelims are mock boards that you can give three times. Um, and why is that? Why is one school behind? So it's it's not exactly behind. It just crams all the subject matter for like from grade eight and nine and ten into like a two and a half year course instead of three. So you have six months just to prepare for the boards because mm. these are really important. And if you do well in these, you can you potentially can do very well afterwards. And if you do badly, then well, I mean, so there is kind of this like system where the science, if you if you do really really well, you're probably gonna go into like sciences, and get into really good colleges like the IIT, and uh, and then that you can do commerce, and then you know people just have this mindset of considering like the arts supposed to be, if if you know you take arts only if you don't do well. <laughs> and so people joke about um, people uh, who don't do bad who, who do really badly on these tests to actually be able to pursue their dreams <laughs> oh. yeah um, yeah um, in China senior middle school graduates wishing to go to university must take the national higher education entrance exam and it's also called Gaokao um, according to the Chinese Ministry of Education, in June 2015, 9.42 million students took the exam. Wow. So many, 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 wow. many, many people. And that um, obviously contributes to the extreme competition. Mm -hmm. So due to the fierce competitiveness to get into good universities, the pressure to do well for Gaokao is intense. And many schools hold extra morning classes in science and math for three to four hours on Saturdays. And if schools do not have Saturday morning classes, most parents would send their children to expensive cramming schools on weekends or organize one-to-one -one private tuition for their children over the weekend. Wait, so I have a question. So you said about 9.42 million students take the Gao Kao exam. So... Does that mean the universities itself accept like a wide, like a larger amount of students every year? Or like, is there like simply just a lot of universities? There are a lot of universities and they do have limits to how many people are accepted, especially um, depending on how prestigious the school is. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people who actually just don't get in. Like they don't get into the cut. Yeah. They're just not yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a very similar situation in India. Like mm -hmm. with um with the number of people there are, I think only like two percent of the people applying to a college <gasps> can get in. Some it's of them so are two percent. Yeah. So then what do what do the rest of the people do? Do they just start yeah. their profession? Well, two percent for like farmers. Could <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Well, um, they go to like less prestigious colleges. Mm-hmm. Some are like not even called colleges. It's just like higher education, mm-hmm. but not actual college. And there's like colleges for just agriculture. Like if you want to do agriculture, oh. they will teach you how to farm. Damn. Wait, but don't they get paid a lot? Like for no, a- no, life? in villages. Oh really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> But there's a lot of social pressure to like get into yeah, a good definitely. college and definitely yeah with like your neighbors neighbors are the first ones to like you know comment on what college you're going to and gossip about it in Poland you have like one or two universities in a city and then everyone gets into them and that's that's wow all. <laughs> yeah. just so, so different so like I'm actually curious on um some new cultures made when it uh, when it comes to studying what do you think south korea you know <laughs> so um recently i'm seeing a lot of youtube channels that show vlogs of a day in the life of a korean student <laughs> or motivational videos that motivate students <laughs> yeah. to study <laughs> um so there's a lot of youtube channels teaching tips for studying and motivational videos for students and when you look at the motivational videos Literally all of them mentioned that the study shouldn't be fun and if the student wants to go to university They'll have to study until they feel like they can't take it anymore and they feel like they're gonna die Um, Which I think also contribute to normalizing overstudying in Korea and like problem with mental health But also at the same time, I think it's kind of true that like you study have like you study You have to study that much to go to university um also, stationery are very high quality and cheap in South Korea. There's also a lot of brands from Japan, which is also known for high quality stationery. Um, my personal favorites are Jetstream, which is from Japanese brand, and Tonga Ampil Any Plus, which is from um, Korea's brand. And a lot of students find happiness from neat notes and handwriting, since there's not really much anything else they can find happiness from. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Korean, like stationery. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm that person who's really into stationery and Korean ones are the best. <laughs> really, aren't they like Japanese ones? Because we don't really export our stationeries. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's Japanese. Like, Japanese one from like Japanese. outside of Korea. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> okay. But Korean stationery are really good too, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a lot of like pretty notes that is suitable for studying um, and they have like um, list like to do list on the one side and this like time block thingy on the left side which you highlight which you h- highlight like how many hours you study um, Wait, then, can you like do one, two, three and then just repeat this mm, sentence yeah. again? One, two, three, three. Um, there's also a lot of like pretty notes that is for the studying and then it usually have like to-do list on the side and then the other side it has this like um time block thingy that you highlight the time you studied and also a lot of insta posts called kungsta kungsta which is an abbreviation of studying insta and people post like their notes show that how many hours they studied and like what they did in the day that's also really popular in korea Um, you know, like, when I was in, 
like first grade and middle school, I also started a studying Instagram account. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it was during the winter break, bef- like between sixth grade and middle school. So I had this like determination that I have to like study consistently, and I got so like motivated by the studying Instagram accounts. So I made myself one. But then I don't. I lost that count. So. <laughs> um, so they are actually helpful, and they help you stay focused and everything. Yeah, cause they study like ten hours a day. So when I say that, I'm like, oh, I'm trash. I need to study. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there's also like a lot of studying Instagram accounts. So some of them are kind of fake. You know, like yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them are definitely fake though. Do they get a lot of followers? Do they get a lot of followers? Kind of. Yeah, they do, right? They have like very popular ones, but also like I think a lot of the students in South Korea um know and also do the study Instagram. So yeah, actually, yeah. I also went through the phase of that like want to do that Instagram account. <laughs> I think I made it, but then I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so another interesting thing about how. Korean students prepare for their exams and everything is that they enroll in online classes and it's called ingang, which is an abbreviation of internet classes. I'm not talking about like online classes through Zoom or Skype or everything, but these are a set of recorded lessons from a teacher which students have to buy. So it might be hard to understand this concept. But there are a lot of ingang companies and teachers specializing in a certain subject. I also studied using ingang when I was in middle school because I was recommended by my friend that this science teacher from this ingang company was really funny and talented. So yeah, and this ingang industry is growing substantially year after year, and even the famous um, ingang teachers are known to have a very very high salary. Talking about salaries, salaries definitely have a contributing factor in defining what one's future salary could be, right, guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in seeing how important universities are in your countries. So for China, I can say that the title and the name of the university acts as almost a confirmation of one's knowledge, and hence their class or status. So most Chinese households demand high results in academic performance, and I personally believe that it contributes hugely to not only the students but also the family's reputation within a society or community. A persistent comparing culture exists in China, where parents compare their children to other achieving higher results in uh, others who achieve higher results in their academic career. Sometimes even to the extent of comparing siblings, this could have a negative constraint on individuals as they are constantly criticized and asked for more. That's really interesting because that's that's the exact same thing in India. In fact, there was a movie called Three Idiots that was made to tackle this issue, um, and it was a huge hit. It was a blockbuster that t- that talked about suicide due to pressure and um, parents deciding their children's future and their career line, even though that's not necessarily what they wanted to get into. In fact, engineering universities are one of the top ten universities in India, specifically IIT or the Indian Institute of Technology, and it's located in several countries. 
it basically dominates the list for the top 10 universities in India. Um, my brother, my cousin, he got into one of these universities. However, mm-hmm. something unfortunate happened and he couldn't get the application in. He couldn't. They couldn't pay the fees in time. Oh. So, um, uh, like, they missed the date. So, her mom was, oh. like, really, really, Wait. like... It's so sad. Yeah. That happened in the news, you know, like in Korea. Um, but it all worked out. He got into a really good university, and um, and put the rest of us under a lot of pressure because he's one of the oldest cousins in our family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but generally, education is very important in India. In fact, I think the recent economic growth is considered to be contributed by that recent for in um, literacy rates uh, it increased from 70.3% in 2011 to 77% in 2018 however it's different based on the state like the state of Kerala has the highest literacy rate of 100% and it reached that rate in 2016 and Bihar has the lowest averaged at around 61.8% I would say South Korea is very pretty similar to China and a little bit of India because South Korea has one of the highest rates of university enrollment about 70% of the seniors in high school go straight to university after their high school graduation this well demonstrates how South Korean society values university as like a necessity in their lives and the top university in South Korea are Seoul National University Korea University and Yonsei University and the sole one is positioned as like the first between these three. Um, and like if you get into Seoul National University, you would naturally get that envious look and praise from others. And people tend to say that if you go there, your life will be successful afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in Poland, I think it's a lot different because um, university is still important and you need it for... No, you don't need it for work because you can also do the other two options for high school. But it, it is pretty important. There is definitely a lot less pressure than in all those countries. But yeah. And um, one of the most famous universities is called Universitat Jagielloński. That's where both of my parents went. And Ooh. But it's not like <laughs> the best ones, it's the most famous oh. one. But it's pretty good, yeah. Oh. And, um, and also like a funny... F- no. A fun fact, I guess, is that when people around Europe want to study medicine, but they don't have like the funds to do it, they go to Polish universities oh. because we have a pretty good like level of medicine, and it's oh. kind of cheap. After all this discussion, we can't overlook how students are actually dealing with their education. I'm guessing a lot of students are struggling in a lot of Asian countries, while students studying in Europe relatively stress less. How is it like in Poland, Sana? So most students are actually happy with the education system, I guess. The, um, the issues are more with like just teachers or like this one specific class or something. Um, but yeah, the education system is okay and students don't have, they have stress, but not as much, I think. Um, and also a good thing about it is that it's really personalizable and like you have so much freedom yeah so but the only like problems are that there's a lot of bullying and violence in school um and so lots of fights and stuff like that and like a 
very extreme example is in 2019, a student murdered another student in the hallways of uh, Warsaw Elementary School. Elementary yeah. school? Yeah, I know. I was so shocked when I read that. Why? Yeah. Do you know? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I just, it said that he stabbed his friend with a sharp object. He was Whoa. 15. Yeah, but he was 15, so that's like middle school. It Polish but elementary still. school. I know. Did he die? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Damn. Where is he? Like in prison? <laughs> no, like the stabber. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Probably in prison. But yeah, children Jewish. can't go to prison. Juvenile. Oh, yeah. I already got out. So different from Poland, um, Korean students are not really good at dealing with mental health. And I think one of the factors that contributes a lot to that is because of the lack of system for mental health. Um, first of all, it's really hard to go to therapy um, in Korea because they leave the record on their profile. So it might affect their career in the future whenever they try to get a job and they go to interview. Since the interviewers can see their record in profile, so it can be obstacles in their future. So that also contribute why students and other people tend to not go to the therapy even, they, even when they need help. Um, also, mental health doesn't consider it as important as academic ability. Um, so compared to ASJ, Korean school don't have this like lesson that talks about how mental health is important. So it doesn't really consider as big thing. Also, um, because of the competitive society, working hard and getting stressed a lot is considered as normal. And when I was in Korea, a lot of students also said negative comments like, I want to kill myself. And that was also really normalized. It wasn't like if one student said it, then other people would be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, um, I can completely agree with like the negative comments students usually say. Because they say those suicidal messages like towards themselves in a lighthearted way and in yeah. a casual manner. But then if you think about it, it should not be treated like in a lighthearted way, right? Because yeah. it's, it's containing some really serious and deep um um messages right but i think that's like common all around the world even in south africa hmm. yeah people casually say that yeah but i guess like it gets more seriously in like um south africa for example in our school like when someone say that then people around him or her mm. be like oh are you okay do you have any problem oh but i think it depends on like you know who they're saying it in front of like among friends i think it's still very common but like you know and it's kind of hard to spot when someone actually means it. Yeah, but I guess like in society in general, like it's more lighthearted. Cause mm-hmm. I hear that like in daily, like as a daily thing when I was in Korea, and I also mm-hmm. didn't realize it's that serious thing until I came to here. Cause when I came here, I was like, whoa! So that was not supposed to be like the common people usually say. Um, and also considering the fact that South Korea has the highest suicide rates of teenagers in OECD countries and it's the tenth highest in the world, I we can just like kind of feel like how severe mental health problems are in South Korea. And I also heard like this girl who was taking the who was a senior in high school while she was taking the Sunung exam. She just went to an apartment with 18 floors and just killed herself during the exam. So this clearly shows like um, how intense the education um, situation and environment is in South Korea.
Yeah, I think it's very similar in India. It's no surprise that um, mental health is uh, an increasing problem. A statistic by the Economic Times mentions that a student in India commits suicide every hour. And I think that's a very high number. But there's other problems too, other reasons for these mental health problems like environmental challenges, racial and sexual discrimination, body shaming, uh, emotional issues, and financial problems, substance abuse. Uh, but um, And modern education is often criticized for being based on road learning entirely, rather than problem solving. Mm. Uh, so I think that also kind of adds on to the pressure yeah. of like, you know, doing well and like getting into a good college and definitely increases mental health problems among students. But also it's a good thing that the stigma from mental health issues is decreasing and people are more willing to get help. Yeah. Gaokao has always been an extremely competitive exam for university acceptances. Therefore, many incidents are manifested throughout the procedures of this exam. Suicidal rates are drastically high due to mass amounts of pressure and competition. And the Chinese education culture is known to be very rigorous and has almost no mercy on students. For instance, whenever I go back to China to visit family during summer vacation, all of my friends and relatives are studying day and night in order to be accepted into a good university. So the title and name of the university seems to be extremely important in defining individuals. Okay, so to sum it up, I just want to ask about personal thoughts on your or other countries' education environment in general. So, um, I think Korean education system has a lot of things to fix. First of all, while academic ability is important, the mental health care system should be established and made accessible to everyone, especially for students. Um, I think the education system in Asia, including China and India, is quite similar to South Korea. Mm -hmm. So, I don't really like their education system but i think poland seems to have um better education system and respect individuality so i like about that one mm -hmm. um i agree with yeron because i feel that mental health is not a thing that korean students like to talk about or it's better to say that they just don't know how to talk about mental health it's something they simply overlook and even though they're gaining like a lot of intense stress every day, they don't realize the stress they receive should be taken care of. And this is perhaps due to the Korean culture itself, where we don't care about our mental well-being, but rather focus on the results we achieve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do agree. There's a lot of things that uh, even the Indian education system can improve on. Like, again, like mental health, and also like the sex imbalance, like how um, um, males are males have a higher literacy rate overall than women however i do think that these issues are being tackled and i think that's amazing because um during the british raj which is when the britishers col were colonizing india the literacy rate for women was around two to six percent but it's increased to about 65 percent now which is i think great and i think mm -hmm. it's going to improve as time moves on um i also just wanted to talk about um, how it's really important for students to have a um, to find a balance through their lifestyle not only through like their studying but through um, how they live in general because these daily habits can definitely contribute into how they study and the productivity and ultimately how they live and how happy they are yeah and I think 
I think that that's what Poland's education system is doing well. I think the balance between work and study, I mean, like school and just free time. But I think that uh, one thing that's similar with all our countries is that the systems are very um, like old fashioned, right? Yeah. Do they change a lot throughout the years? Or is like the, the way of education very like the same uh, as it was like 100 years ago or something? We Not a hundred years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been kind of stubborn, same right. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Thing. Actually, yeah. I think the Indian system, like the edu- the curriculum, and you know, the small changes keep happening. Some like students don't prefer. Some are good. Like um, recently, uh, they increased. You know how I said the boards are only conducted in tenth and twelfth. Yeah. One year, very recently, just had to do boards in 8th, 9th, 10th and 12th and that was mm. yeah they thought it would reduce pressure because they wouldn't have to prepare for it for like two years but it didn't work out that way <laughs> <laughs> but that's good they're like trying to improve it but yeah mm-hmm. mm. um for korea like they renew their curriculum every like v- quite recent i mean quite frequently but then the perspectives on studying in general doesn't change yeah like studying has to be hard we have Mm -hmm. to good at study you have to be good at studying you have to you have to get good grades and everything Mm -hmm. don't change it's like a traditional thing the standards are still very um similar however like i guess the content can be changed Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. but the actual like i guess structure of learning is still pretty yeah but also like the students right has been like improved so much because like like few years ago, like the teacher has teachers had the right to like beat their like students. <laughs> yeah. But then now they don't yeah. do that anymore, and yeah. they had to like to Saturday school, and they don't do that anymore. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess like it's improving, but still has a lot of like problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. So this would be our final question. What do you guys think renders the difference in education cultures? I think. I think in Poland, something that really um, changed the education culture was, um, like, in history, when the Soviet Union was, um, like, in charge Mm -hmm. of Poland, and they kind of, like, um, focused, I don't know, I guess they improved the education system, which, for example, like, the literacy rates improved and everything, Um, so, yeah, I think the influence of history changed that Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, I also agree with you that because um, for Korea, I think why Korea has such a competitive society is because Korea went through like an abrupt growth in economic throughout the history instead of like slowing growth of economy and that led to the people to work harder in their jobs and the mm-hmm. government like establishing a stricter education system to make the students prepared to like work harder when they go out to the society. Yeah. Yeah. For India, also, it was definitely the history with um, the British Empire coming in because before them, the educational system the education system was very different with uh, a more traditional outlook where people would go into these ashramas where there would be gurujis who would teach children and they would have to like stay over, but it completely changed with the schooling system. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, for me, I think the reason why there is this difference between the Western education and the Asian mm. education is like dependent on the geographical stuff so yeah. what i you know like how humans coexist with the nature 
and how like Europe has a lot of grand landscapes and like you naturally get healed from like seeing all the trees <laughs> and like the forest and stuff. But on the other hand, Asian countries don't really have those. Like in particular, South Korea don't really have like grand landscapes and like yeah. great beaches and stuff. So I guess like the um, attitude toward life in general is like more optimistic in Europe because mm-hmm. they know how to relax with the nature. Oh, I just think um, just w- Europe is like divided in two. I think there's like yeah. the Eastern and yeah. the Western. The Western is the one you're talking about, I think, which oh. is like very, I don't know, like forward and everything's so happy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Eastern Europe is like in the middle between mm-hmm. the Asian education system and like Western. Oh. Isn't that how mm-hmm. the Renaissance also spread there? Like the Renaissance started like 15th century in the Western Europe and then it took like, you know, a few centuries to get to the Eastern part too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I just thought that if South Korea or in or, I mean, India has a lot of great nature, and China does, but especially if South Korea had, like, more, like, great, clear water beaches and, like, great nature, then, um, like, the students would have a more freer lifestyle towards education, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Really interesting perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, like, that's quite true. I was also just thinking, okay, I think you guys know, but in the, like, the population in China, yeah, a very big proportion of that is older people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So older people do have a more fixed mindset oh, and yeah. traditional values yeah. um, that are definitely very different to more modern values and belief systems. So I think that really does affect like the stubbornness kind of traditional hard worker <laughs> student yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also respect and culture yeah. but yeah i think that was a very well discussed topic thank you guys for listening bye, bye. bye.